Think about a time you've come across someone who possesses something special. Imagine taking ordinary topics and viewing them through their lens. Welcome to Success Shorts, insights that challenge us to be extraordinary. Let's go. I'm Aurel Chanel, and I'm joined today by Thomas Vettel Vettelsborg. Thomas is the author of two very insightful Harvard Business Review Press books, Innovation as Usual, and his most recent release, What's Your Problem? To Solve the Toughest Problems, Change the Problems You Solve. Thomas, it's a pleasure. Well, thanks so much for inviting me on, Errol. So in preparing for this, I've had the chance to read a few of your pieces, and I'm really looking forward to your insight and your success short. But first, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to get to know you. So we're going to play Two Truths and a Lie. Are you ready? Yep. All right, let's hear them. The first one is that I happen to hang out with a lot of famous actors regularly. Uh, I have nothing to do with the Hollywood industry. And nonetheless, about every week, I have breakfast with uh, people, you know, like Ethan Hawke, Oscar Isaac, Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, and folks like that. The second one is that I was pretty close to actually go into tennis professionally. I had a big talent for that when I was younger. And it was, weirdly enough, a chance encounter with a fairly well-known tennis player at a bus stop who kind of said, you know what, it's actually not that fun for most people. That made me decide to go into academia instead. The third one is that here in the pandemic days, I have started to basically bribe my neighbor's dog. Now successful campaign to make the dog like me more than their neighbors. And that is achieved with belly rubs and lots of sausages. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's a pretty wide variety, and there's no theme that could help me narrow that down. The neighbor's one sounds plausible, given the environment we're in. So I'm going to say that's true. And that leaves the actors and the tennis pro. I can see you running in some interesting circles. So I'm going to say that the tennis pro is actually the lie. And I'm glad to say you got that right. I was born cross-eyed. I don't possess the ability for my life to hit flying objects. The Acting story is true only insofar that in my neighborhood, there's a specific cafe I used to have breakfast at before the pandemic, which also happens to be frequented by a lot of famous actors. So it's a modified truth in the sense that I know them, they don't know me. (laughs) That's awesome. And I'd like to actually hear more about those non-interaction interactions that you have. However, it's obviously not what we're here to talk about today. What do you have for us? I'm going to share a little bit of advice around how to become an original thinker. Uh, I've, I've published two books with Harvard Business Press, as I mentioned, and I've noticed that there's a big difference between being an expert in an area and then being somebody who's capable of almost stepping up to the next level and become somebody that other experts look to for advice. And I'm going to share some thoughts around how your listeners can potentially do that too. Well, it's going to be fascinating, especially coming from you with the two books on this. And when I was researching your biography, I saw that you were named one of HR Magazine's top 20 international thinkers. So I have a feeling that you have a lot to share on that. So long story short, when did you begin to cultivate your ideas around the quality of ideas and original thought? I started with reflecting on my own experiences. So so I've come to do what I do by being involved in practice, like going out into companies and looking at what people actually do. And I think curiosity is one factor you want to examine the world, of course. 
but the core thing was actually me being really annoyed when I heard cliches. Like I kept running into these things we just regurgitate. It really annoyed me because it didn't seem helpful. And so I think that was what started making me reflect on what it is I was capable of that many other people seem not, not to have gotten a handle on yet. I couldn't agree with you more when it comes to the prevalence of cliche in the workplace. You hear it all the time and you hear the same cliches from the same people over and over again. And you're right. We can be doing better in that space and we should be being a lot more deliberate there as well. So you've clearly taken a lot of time to formulate your thoughts and your concepts around this. What can you share with us about your work around original thought and doing away with some of the pattern behaviors we have that we just kind of walk in lockstep with? I will share four specific uh, strategies for identifying original ideas or thoughts. And so the first one is to challenge common wisdom. Uh, this links to the cliches. Wh whatever field you're in, you'll hear these things circulating, like you have to take the time to think, or with innovation, it's important not to set any limits. And very typically, there's something wrong with that wisdom. If you start digging into it, you will often find a nuance or even a contradiction that you can share. The second thing is to look out for mistakes. When mistakes happen in the workplace or whatever area you, you are interested in yourself, I ask why, and then I try to surface the underlying logic. If people tend to be perfectionists, let's say you're building a startup and you take too long to get it off the ground. What's the underlying belief? Well, it is that it has to be perfect before we can launch it. What's a better belief? Well, good is better. Like, just get it out there. Perfectionism can be an enemy when you're trying to move fast. The third one is looking at research. Like, in any topic you care to investigate, there's a ton of scientific studies you can go in and read about. And they're, they're not that difficult to get hold of many of them. Go find Google Scholar and try, start digging into what's there. Anybody who doesn't do the step of looking at the research, that becomes kind of historyless, if you will. And finally, I look to the cases that I have experienced myself. There's so many people who write about Steve Jobs or some other story, and we've all heard that before. Often there's a more interesting case in something that you have seen in your own work that you can share. It may not be about Steve Jobs, but it's original. And you can combine that with the research and your other thoughts to create something new. So those four things, look to co challenge common wisdom, try to examine mistakes, look at the existing research, and look at the cases you have experienced yourself. Those four things can help you identify new original ideas. That seems like a simple enough roadmap. All of it's very accessible if you're just curious enough and motivated enough to begin to implement it. So when you think about the folks who are listening, you know, they're in the daily grind. How can they begin to take a small piece of this and implement it starting now? I'd say two things. One is to develop this habit of reflecting as part of your everyday work. Developing new ideas is not about going off to the mountains for a week. It is about as you do your work, once in a while, whenever you have three minutes, kind of think about what's going on here and try to take a step back and, and look at the Look at the patterns you might see. The second thing is to start producing something. There's this misconception that you have to build a huge new theory framework and write a big book as your first step. And that's 
unrealistic uh, for many. It is enough to start writing a short piece on, say, LinkedIn on a very specific topic or if you are into podcasting instead, start doing that as you have done here and explore things in smaller chunks. That's achievable and that can often lead you to bigger things later. So start observing, develop that habit and start producing a little bit of output as well. That's the two things I would recommend. So I really like that last point you made about beginning to take action. Reflection definitely needs to happen because we need to understand what's going on in our lives and what, what we could be improving upon. But that point where you decide to actually begin movement. And if you think of the biggest thinkers, I know that you referenced Steve Jobs, but if you look at the biggest thinker of all time, it was probably Thomas Edison. The guy had over a thousand patents. Were they all great ideas? No. Were they all things that changed our lives? No. Some of them were actually really creepy. But because he took action and had all of these ideas that he began to put into place, he came up with the light bulb or the motion picture cameras or everything else that he's known for. But it all started with just that decision to take movement that was based off of reflection off of an idea. And that's all for this episode of Success Shorts. Hopefully you found today's topic very useful. And remember, have fun, stay curious, and keep it short.